This is Will Gadara, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabel. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chabel. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is restaurateur and author Will Gadara. Will is the founder of Thank You, the former co-owner of 11 Madison Park and The Nomad, and the co-founder of The Welcome Conference, an annual hospitality symposium. We talk about his new book, Unreasonable Hospitality and Building a Hospitality-First Culture during this episode. Will, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you so much, Dan. I'm happy to be here. So your parents were both in the service industry. What lessons did your parents instill in you about hospitality and how did you translate that into your own career? My mom, when I was young, she got sick and it unfortunately led to her becoming a quadriplegic. But she managed to show me love even beyond the point that she could walk or talk. She would have her nurse push her to the end of our road every day when I was coming home from school. When I was walking down the block, seeing the smile on her face, she showed me that the most genuine and heartfelt displays of hospitality don't require saying a single word. Just through this profound energy you can thrust out in the world and direct at other people. My dad, he taught me that adversity is a terrible thing to waste. Life will throw some obstacles in front of you. There's no controlling that. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be disappointments. You can't control that, but you can control how you react to those moments. People need the grace and the space to feel the weight of the disappointment or sadness to whatever has just happened. But then you can either learn from the experience or you can allow it to make you stronger or allow it to make you angry such that you become more competitive. And hospitality, when you commit to a career in it, you're pursuing something that relies on humans. And when you're running a human organization, it's a journey filled with pitfalls. And how you react to those pitfalls not only defines who you are and what your company is, but it galvanizes the community around you in such a way where they're able to really bring their most fully realized selves to the table every day. That was a powerful answer. And I, there's a great lessons learned from your parents. I always am thankful of my first service job. I was uh, working at my temple doing catering. <laughs> and the skill set, when I look back and kind of analyze that part of my life, is learning how to deal with difficult people, learning how to deal mm. with people in general. And like that's helped me throughout my entire career is being able to kind of communicate, understand, and have empathy and really connect with people. Hospitality is not easy, you know? And mm. I think that you always remember the good waiters or the good experiences you have at a hotel or, or whatnot. And you've managed large and diverse teams at some of the finest restaurants. What have you found as the best method to develop talent in hospitality? One of the debates in my industry is whether or not you can teach hospitality. There's plenty that say you can teach excellence, but you can't teach hospitality. You hire the people that have hospitality in them, and then you teach them the technical skills to complement that. I disagree. I believe you can teach hospitality. I believe it's a muscle. I think it's a craft. Even if someone listening like vehemently disagrees with that, the thing I can 100% defend is the idea that you can encourage it. You can draw it out of people. I think that the best way to get a team of people to embrace the idea of hospitality is to start by showing graciousness to them. There are few better ways to know how good it feels to provide hospitality to others than knowing how good it feels to receive it. 
Yeah, it's being a good leader. You want to be the role model for other people. And if you care about other people first, they're more likely to care about you and others at the same time. It's really, you know, setting the bar high and, and doing the right things and being kind. I mean, kindness is free. And from a business perspective, I, think, I believe the highest attrition is in the hospitality industry. And therefore, by doing the right thing and everything that you preach, that is also a business tool. It's a retention tool for keeping the best people because they want to continue to align themselves with someone who treats them well. And you share a lot about building a hospitality first culture. What's the biggest takeaway that other industries can learn from restaurants and building this culture? The big message for me, you know, you look at so many businesses, whether it's technology businesses or banking businesses or construction or insurance, people are pretty unreasonable in how they produce the product they're serving. You look at Steve Jobs and Apple and what went into creating the iPhone, like so unreasonable, right? Like this desire to create something amazing. I believe that in some of the greatest restaurants, we are just as unreasonable in pursuit of how we make people feel. And I think coming off the last few years. Listen, people didn't stop spending money. People got plenty of stuff, right? The thing that people were missing more than anything else was a sense of connection. I think that making good products is no longer enough and serving them efficiently is no longer enough. I believe it's how we make people feel that matters most of all. I, I believe we're on the precipice of becoming a hospitality economy. Hospitality is always used to define restaurants and hotels, right? It's, it's generally used to define an industry. But I think so many other customer service business can really pursue not just what they're making or the efficiency with which they're serving it, but the way that they give a sense of connection, a sense of belonging, a sense of welcome to their customers. I think it has a transcendent impact on an organization. I totally agree. We actually just did a study with a company called Airspeed of 1600, the C-suite employees. And we actually found the number one reason why people want to quit their jobs is because of a lack of social connection. And you share a lot of examples in your book about creating memorable surprise and delight moments. Why is it so important for brands to adopt this mindset? People in the next generations aren't collecting things as much. They want to collect experiences. The difference between the good and the great are those that create an experience that is so singular that it helps the people relive that memory over and over and over again. Because if you can't, if there's not a memory that's unique or powerful enough to help you relive the experience, then that's not an experience worth collecting. I believe that hospitality is about making people feel seen. The best way to do that is not to treat them like a commodity. It's to treat them like a unique individual. And for me, that means that one size fits one. These surprise and delight over the top gestures that only come about when you're present enough to listen to what people are saying, that you have the autonomy and the resource to react to those things and deliver these experiences that make people feel like you're paying attention to them, that they're not just a number, but a name, they're a human being. When you give them that sense of belonging, when you give them the kind of memory that can last a lifetime, that forges a relationship that will last a lifetime as well. Definitely. Yeah. Creating positive employee and customer experiences, because if you do that, then people will keep returning and returning and returning. But it also puts pressure on like on restaurants to innovate at the same time, because people want unique experiences as well. And what's your best piece of career advice? My dad told me when I was a kid to keep a journal. He told me to keep it for a number of reasons. The power of reflection at the end of the day, when you're journaling about your day, it's when you recognize that maybe you didn't handle a situation as elegantly as you could have. And 
it prompts you to either make sure you deal with it better the next time or if that situation involved you leading a team it gives you the opportunity to go in the next day and apologize to whoever you fell short with but he really told me to keep a journal because perspective has an expiration date the greatest leaders are the ones that are the most empathetic and i'll use my career as an example when i was a server i had the perspective of a server and at the time i thought i'd be able to tap back into that perspective forever but the reality is you can't once you become a manager for a few months you can still think like a server but eventually that goes away and you can only think like a manager then when you get promoted to being a general manager the same thing happens then an owner the same thing happens in telling me to keep a journal where i memorialized my perspective later in my career i could always tap back into it and when i was managing servers or managers or general managers I could use my own experience written in the my own words when I was in that role to get me back into that mindset which helped me lead them with a greater sense of empathy and a greater sense of effectiveness. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Will. To follow his journey, you can read his book Unreasonable Hospitality and find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram where he shares his appearances, presentations, and friends. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell, and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. <laughs>